When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hot Body Dawson. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? It's another Life Logistics. We did two Life Logistics episodes last week, and I think we got through two queries yeah. um, <clears throat> in total. Not bad. So we'll, we'll try and... Not bad, yeah. Good good success rate, good strike rate. It's probably a reflection more, not on us, but on the no. quality of the... Um, Logistical questions. That, 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 there is that, yeah. Mm. I mean, I didn't want to say that so uh, abruptly as you did there, but that's basically what it is. Yeah, raise your game, listeners. Um, right, there's, there's I some mean, more someone there. got in touch. Sorry, we won't give them the oxygen of publicity, but someone got in touch literally to just basically ask, what should he watch on telly? And it's like, listen, <laughs> that's not logistical. These are, you know, I mean, just what, I don't know. It's the easiest thing in the world, just... There's algorithms in that now, isn't it? Tell you what to watch. Exactly. Fuck's sake. You just press what, your what? face up against the screen and then it tells you what to watch. Watch <clears throat> Yeah, watch Dick Turpin on YouTube. Or just put Radio 4 on. There's bound to be something interesting on. And Radio not, 4. Try again BBC in an hour. 4. Yeah. No, Radio 4. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there's always something decent on Radio 4. Just stick it on. Why is it switch on and it's fucking veg talk? We'll try again in an hour. Well, what's wrong with veg talk at the end of the day? It's fucking just lads talking about vegetables, mate. Well, yeah. What's wrong with that? It's boring if you, unless you grow vegetables, which I don't. Unless you're into it, you might so, find that it's a, it's, it's a, of no use to me. One day I, I might grow vegetables. I mean, I have grown straws before. That was a bit of fun. All right, fuck it. I will listen to veg talk. Veg talk sounds brilliant. Yeah. That, that's that might be what we do. We do a spin-off veg podcast. Yeah, veg we cast. Should, honestly, we should start growing vegetables and discussing it. I think that I've would be said popular. Before, I've said before that I can. I'm 50 years old now, and I can see gardening as a hobby coming towards me. Oh yeah, I wish I was doing it ahead. already. I've tried yeah. before, and then just not really stuck with it. And I did last yeah. year have the success with the strawberries. So you know, and then yeah, you those, had that sunflower that time. Yeah, the tree surgeons busted my fucking strawberries, so that that was the oh. problem. And then that that disheartened me. Well, you need to go back again. Go back stronger. I told you, you to know. surge in my tree, not my strawberry plants, you cunts. <laughs> Read the small print, dickhead. <laughs> we surge in everything. Your strawberries you may allow, be at risk. Once we allow you into your, once you allow us into your garden, everything <laughs> is at risk from our chainsaws. <laughs> you absolute <laughs> bastards. Fucking yep. nurtured those strawberries with my little son for fucking months. You just come in and fucking chainsawed yep. them. You wouldn't believe, A, how quick it was to destroy them, B, how satisfying it was. There you go. <laughs> now go back inside, dickhead. 
If you had anything <laughs> about you, if you had anything about you, you wouldn't have to pay other men to come round and fix your tree for you. You'd do it yourself. <laughs> I'll go back inside before I take your arm off. <laughs> <laughs> fucking tree yes, surgeons. Tread, oi, tread lightly <clears throat> in the fucking. If you get involved with tree surgeons, because oh, yeah, you know they're yeah, not to be said trifled with. Probably like the pharmacists. Mm. Um, what we got here, uh, Michael Gill. Uh, gets in touch and says, what's the best way to learn a musical instrument, do you reckon? <laughs> do you reckon? I love that. Neither of us like can play an instrument. Yeah. You say, do you reckon? Uh, <laughs> it's got to be YouTube, isn't it? I think it's the best way to learn to do anything these days, YouTube. The uh, amount of de- small-scale DIY tasks I've pulled yeah, off Yeah, that's great. And, and we've talked before, it's so much fun YouTube. just for your entertainment watching the YouTube <clears throat> DIYers yeah. anyway. Yeah, anything you need to do. I I learned how to change the screen on an iPhone through a YouTube video. Yeah, really? That's not an easy job. Yeah. I've done lots of stuff on my scooter through YouTube. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's bloody brilliant. Um, I, uh, I, uh, did you ever learn an instrument? I think I've told you I learned the saxophone briefly when I was at Uh, school. No, I I got, um, I got handed a recorder at school. Mm. Oh, yeah, I did record her. Three blind mice. Yeah. Fucking easy. Yeah, and then I I must have got into it because they got my mum and dad to buy me a recorder of my own instead of using the school one. School one that had other kids spit in it. Yeah, exactly. So I got one which was a white one. White recorder. You snazzy bastard. Yeah. I thought, um, yeah, I'm, I'm heading towards a life of uh, jazz musicianship here. Yeah. But it, it never took. I um, I had an acoustic guitar when I was a kid. Couldn't figure that out. Yeah. Um, and then I got an electric, bought an electric guitar when I was 16, and it cost 40 quid, I think. Mm. And I got a small amp with it as well. And I got what I paid for. 40 quid wasn't a lot of money. It was a beginner's guitar. It was shit. Mm. Um, I couldn't play it. So that ended up getting fucking moved on nah I've, I've I keep nah. I keep um, you know I'm still banging to all the Rock and Tours podcasts that we've discussed a lot just before just going to say are we going to talk about Burt Whedon's playing a deer no I don't know that but <laughs> what I, but they do talk about the bass a lot because obviously Guy Pratt is a, a legendary bassist and like they have other bass on so recently yesterday I was listening to Adam Clayton of U2 right. and they were talking about bass and and uh, and Guy Pratt said a funny thing. He goes, whenever anyone asks me why... He goes, if you ask any bassist, why did you get into playing the bass? The answer, the only honest answer is always because the band I wanted to join needed a bassist. He said, That's, yeah, yeah. that, like, you know, no one starts out thinking I want to be a bassist. He goes, but... And then, and they all have stories and, and Adam Clayton was the same as him. <clears throat> he said... Yeah, you know, I wanted to join the band. And then they said, well, you can learn to play three chords on the bass in a day and then just go from there. And that's what all of these basses, and some of them, of course, became, I mean, you can be a virtuoso on the bass. You know, both of those blokes are. Um, Mm. I happen to fucking love the bass. I've got an ear for the bass. Mm. What I mean is, is that when I listen to pop music, I very often am listening to the bass. I like it, Mm. right? I don't think it's just there performing a function. It's underrated, the bass. A, a, a melodic bass line is a fantastic thing. Funnily enough, I went to see Corumbin, uh, and they've got this very sexy uh, bass. You know, they're a three-piece. And Who are they? 
Corumbin, this band from Texas that are quite Not, sort of, they're, I think they're quite trendy now. I went, I went six music sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I went to see them. Um, Although, as Len pointed out, Six Music is not so much trendy in the traditional sense. You went, that's music that is considered trendy for men in their 50s. And I said... Pensioners. Yeah, that's basically yeah. true. I mean, that's exactly who it is yeah. aimed at. I mean, I'm at the younger yeah. end of the fucking demographic for that station. <laughs> anyway, Karambin. Uh, yeah, you should, you should look at them. They are really good. And they're quite cool, like, to look at. You know, they're sort of... Uh, they're... Um, yeah, they're a cool outfit, and the woman in particular, the bassist, she's sensational. <laughs> she's a sensational bassist, and she does lots of sort of Susanna Hoff style kind of sexy moves whilst playing the bass, right? How, how, do, you, how do you spell it? I've got Corumban Wildlife Sanctuary up here. Uh, Is it with a K? Out, how do you spell it? Yeah, yeah, K. Oh, Corumban, oh, there you yeah. go. Oh, yeah. Right, so Laura she Lee on bass. Yeah, so she's amazing. And when we saw them live, she was amazing at playing the bass. Right, she wears these fucking stiletto heels. She's dancing. She's got this enormous bass that looks twice the size of her body, and she's like, you know, dancing around the stage whilst playing. It's like fucking Prince, and she's really good doing incredible bass solos. And I thought, wow. And the guitarist and drummer were both great as well. And I thought, God, she must be incredible. And then I saw, so I was watching an interview with them on. Um, YouTube and it was the same fucking right. story. The main guy who right. you'll see is as a sort of um he has like a big fringe and long black hair. Can you see him? Yeah. I'm looking at him now. Strange yeah. chap. And mm-hmm. he he was ba- he's like the genius sort of thing. And he oh, met right, he yeah. met her and it was quite clear they were saying how did you meet? And it was quite clear that he basically fancied her and he wanted to get off with her and so one day he got a number and one day he called up and he said the heavens have smiled upon you right and she was like oh dear me yeah well it fucking worked because she was impressed by it and he said you can join my band she said I can't play an instrument he said don't worry about that I'll teach you how to play the bass if you come over to mine now and so he just taught her to play the bass again like all these stories on Rock and Turs in like one day and then it just built from there because once you know your three chords and you get more used to it you start experimenting and now she's not just some like you know, like in punk bands when they literally just add someone who learned in a day and never went any further. She's a fucking serious bass guitarist. Mm. So I reckon there's hope for all of us. And anyway, what I think is I might buy a bass and learn to play the bass. Okay. Shall so we form a group? Seems good. I, I, I tell you a really good idea for a group to get attention would be it's a two-piece, me and you, and we yeah. both play the bass. Both play the bass. And that's it. Peter, Peter Hook, when he first left New Order, he was putting together a group, a super group mm. called Free Bass, mm. and it was him, and it was Manny out yeah. of the Stone Roses, and there was another one, I can't remember who it was, but it was a well-known bassist, it might have been the fellow who used to be in the Smiths, um, Oh yeah, it was, it was Andy Rock, Andy Rock and Peter yeah. Hook and Manny. And they, I don't think they ever recorded anything. I mean, what, I don't understand what you could possibly do with three bassists, but I'd like to a, hear a, it. A colossal noise, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, they did. They put some EPs out. <clears throat> a one EP, I think. One of my so, most uh, well-worn stories on this podcast surely must be my visit to Brian Eno's house. And I that, don't know. I can't get enough of that, to be honest. Uh, and that involves the bass guitar because, it, I mean, to cut a very long story short, I've told you can look through the archives I've told this same story many times 
but I was at Brian Eno's house and he said put some music on and I was like fuck that I didn't say it to him but I turned to my mate I was with Mark producer Mark because we were there doing a radio show from his house and I said, I'm not fucking putting music on. You put music on. You fucking do and he, it. Yeah. And he, yeah, you're the fucking producer. You do it, mate. <coughs> and he went, oh, I'm, not, I'm not putting any music on. Right. And uh, and then I said to Eno's assistant, who was helping us set up, I went, can you put some music on? He goes, no, he's asked you to do it. And I could tell he was like, fuck that. So in the end, Eno's <laughs> come back over and he's gone, what happened to that music? And I've just fucking fronted him up, haven't I? I said, listen, mate. Listen, mate, I know this is your gaff and your Brian Ego, right? But as if that's half the problem. As if we are going to fucking choose a record to put on in Brian Eno's house, right? Are you, are you trying to humiliate us or something? I What's know. It's power play. power play, is it? And he just, he chuckled at that and he said to me the following words, and I remember them verbatim, and producer Mark remembers them too. He said... Would you like to hear the greatest bass line in the history of pop music? <laughs> to which I replied, <laughs> Yes, please, Mr. Eno. <laughs> and that is when he produced the album Crazy Sexy Call by TLC, an album that, of course, I and you and every right-minded person alive already adored. And mm-hmm. he put on the lead single from that album waterfalls and then as we listened to it Mm -hmm. he sort of talked me through the bass line what was happening why it was Mm -hmm. unusual why it was an almost avant-garde type approach to bass playing in the context Mm -hmm. of a of a pop song you know the sort Mm -hmm. of thing that you would expect more in jazz music and uh oh oh, it's it's too good for pop is it it's jazz yeah i guess that's what he was saying i mean and I, he was doing a bit of a Charlie Watts, you know, and yeah. uh, and I was like, yeah. And then actually, producer Mark, that Christmas at Christmas time, he bought me as a Christmas present, a crazy sexy call on vinyl because I didn't have oh, it on vinyl as a little nice. memento of our wonderful day with Brian Eno. Why were you with Brian Eno? What was that about? Brian Eno was. Uh, it was weird. There was this. There was this girl I knew who I'd worked with years before, and she called up. She said, "Look, I've got this sort of um, pressure group think tank type thing, and it's to sort of try and make people, um, ordinary people, more literate in the language of economics because politicians mm. lie and waffle about economics the whole time, and the problem is that the general public aren't really engaged with it. Swallow it." And and we need to decipher it because they've wrapped it all up in gobbledygook on purpose to deceive us. And I was like, oh yeah, that's yeah. very, that's all very well. But I do the drive time show on talk radio, so uh, unless you've got some sort of immigration angle that we can whip up a big row about, then I can't help you. And she went, oh, I just think we're doing this live event, and we've got some really interesting economists coming, right? Like the Greek fella who became famous, the Greek fella on a motorbike oh, yeah. who was the, who was the, the, the finance. The motorbike economist. Yeah, yeah, he was going to be there. Obviously, that interested me a little, but not enough for me to think that I would go along to this quite boring event. And uh, I said, nah, sorry. I, I mean, I'm all for it. Don't get me wrong, but I've got a job to do here. And my boss, and it's true, my boss would be like, what the fuck are you going to that for, right? And uh, I went, who's in this... Wait, did you form this yourself? She said, me and some other people, yeah. 
And I said, who's in it? And she went through some names, Tell none of which I recognised. And then she said, very casually, and Brian Eno. And I went, do what? Rewind a bit, will you, sweetheart? <laughs> Did you just say Brian Eno out of Roxy Music and David Bowie? <laughs> she went, yeah. Brian Eno, he's really passionate about this. And he's, I think, I don't know, I think he was funding it or something. And I go, fucking I'm hell. Sold. I said, will he be Can there? I, his ass? I said, will he be there? And she went, be there. The event's at his house. I went, fucking <laughs> hell. Forget everything I just said. We'll be there. And it was like, she hadn't asked me to do the show from there. I said, in fact, how about we do the whole show from there and we can interview everyone who's there throughout the day? And she said, yeah, sure, I'll ask him. And then she calls straight back and says, yeah, Brian says it's fine. Jalapeño. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Jalapeño. So next day or whenever it was, me and Mark were around there with all our kit, with all our radio yeah. equipment. And uh, we turned up around at Bowie's house, uh, uh, Eno's house in Notting Hill. And his assistant let us in and told us where to start setting up. And I said, where's Brian then? He goes, oh, he's just gone out to get some snacks, right? <laughs> I've definitely told you this before. And I go, I well, I'm just going on a snack run. Yeah, he's gone on a snack <laughs> run, right? Because they were having all these people round to his house. Uh. And what it was, was there was going to be some t- talks by the, you know, the rock and roll economist and various people and also strangely you know another person was who was there and who came on the show i'd met a few times before in a in a different incarnation of my life but charlotte church was there right she was right okay she was at brian eno's house as well it was fucking weird very interesting very interesting charlotte church it it was fucking weird and i'd interviewed charlotte church and got to know her a little bit when i was editing heat years beforehand yeah. So when, and I reminded her of that when she turned up Ryan Eno's and we, it was just funny that we'd met before when she was like a big sort of tabloid celebrity, whatever. Yeah. And I was doing that stuff. And now years later, we were at Brian Eno's house trying to decipher it, ec- economics for the common man. Anyway, mm. she, uh, common man. <laughs> for the common man in the street, he doesn't know nothing about that. Right. And, uh, <laughs> And and uh, so anyway, all these people were coming round, and, and Eno, you would have thought he'd have the caterers and that, but because it was like a bootstrap sort of project that he'd got behind, he'd just gone up to fucking MS Simply Food, and yeah. I and there was a, and pigs. A, then there was a knock at the door. No, I'm not joking. It was that sort of stuff. There was a knock at the door, and the assistant said, "Do you mind getting that?" Because the assistant was doing something or other. So I went and answered the door 
to Brian Eno's house. And who should I find on the doorstep but Brian Eno holding two massive bags of MS Simply Food snacks, right? <laughs> and I said to him, I asked, oh, I'd never met him before, and I felt awkward that I was answering the door to his own house. So I opened that's, the door. That's so Eno, though, isn't it? Yeah. Knocking on the door of his own house. Yeah, exactly. So I looked at him and I just went, do you know what I said? I was quite proud of this. I just went, Brian, welcome to my wonderful home. <laughs> and he just saw, he grinned very slightly yeah. and then just walked in and said, who are you? you? And I said, I'm <laughs> yeah, from the exactly. radio station. Thanks for having us around. And he went, help me unpack these snacks. And there was a couple of trestle tables and I spent the next five minutes lo- unloading pre-packed sandwiches, crisps, Percy Pigs and bottles yeah. of beer onto Brian Edo's uh, trestle you table know. with Brian Eno. And he was laying them all out just to look nice, you know. And I put, Eno got the beer in. Put the sandwiches like that and put the beers over there. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> Eno, knows, Eno knows what makes a good meeting. He fucking does, yeah. yeah. And he knows what makes a good buffet as well. And uh, <laughs> and the other good thing, the, the end part of the, the day, there's loads more to tell, but... The, the end part of the day was when, when the show was finished at seven was when my show finished in the evening and then someone was going to play I don't know if it was Charlotte Church doing a song Brian Eno might have done something but it was very it was, it's a, it was a small house I'm sure it was one of many houses mm. maybe this is just his pied de terre and uh, it was a really nice atmosphere and more people started turning up and I had to go because I had the day before, a friend of mine had put on Facebook that she had two spare tickets going for free because they'd been corporate tickets to see Bananarama at Hammersmith <gasps> Apollo, which is just near my house. And I'd snaffled them up for me and my missus. And, and this is the infamous Bananarama gig. This is the infamous Bananarama gig. We're all One three of them One of the five best gigs you ever saw. Yeah. And I said to Eno... And so I thought, well, I've got to go because I'm going to be late. My wife was, I was supposed to be meeting her outside Hammersmith Apollo. So he was standing talking to the fucking motorbike economist and Charlotte Church and whoever else. And the party was starting to get into full swing and I could tell it was going to be good. And I had to go, sorry, sorry, just have to interrupt for a moment. Brian, I'm going. I just want to say, real pleasure to meet you and thank you so much for accommodating us tonight. And he went, I can't believe you're going. The party's just about to get started now. And I said, I know, I know, but I've, I've got to go. I'm actually going to a gig. And he went, oh, wonderful. Who are you seeing? And I went, Banana Rama. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave me the same sort of like small oh. knowing grin that he'd given me when I'd done my joke about yeah. welcome into my wonderful home. of course home. he was wrong because that Banana Rama 2 was one of the greatest ever. Yeah, plus I don't think that uh, Brian Eno is in the least bit snobbish about he, he, he strikes me as a really down to earth but I mean, I obviously his his tastes and his output were have been pretty extremely innovative and avant-garde and all the rest of it but at the mm. same time I don't get the impression like Bowie I mean neither of them were like these people are not snobs about pop music are they I'd, I'd like to have said yes I heard Siobhan's rejoined them it's uh, yeah. quite the uh, quite the show well I bet you he's <laughs> mates with Dave Stewart I Probably mean, everyone that, is. Of course, yeah, Dave Stewart and Brian Eno, of course they're mates, aren't they? I mean, you just know that instinctively. So he'll have known Siobhan. Yeah, of course. So there you go. Perfect. So, um, so, so uh, in many ways, the best day ever, wasn't it? 
Brian Eno's. Sounds like it. A chat with Charlotte Church and then Banana Armour in the, the evening. Banana gig. Fucking yeah. classic, mate. It was only like and, 2017, um, that day. And uh, in, in summary, the best way to learn a musical instrument is YouTube. Mm. Or Brian Eno. Or Brian Eno. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Oh, I've lost the fucking thread here. Um, uh, it's life logistics, isn't it? That's what we're doing. Um, here we go. There's some more. Uh, uh, Stephen Wilson. Brackets IFS, it says in his Twitter handle. He's very proud of it. Um, it's time for a new toothbrush, he said. Do I go electric? Had one years ago and they were rubbish. Have they got any better? Or do I just stick to the old trusty manual one? <laughs> Mate, you go electric, haven't you? You've got to have... I mean, it's 2023. You will not find a single fucking dentist in the land who will endorse a manual toothbrush. They won't entertain you. They won't let you through the door. They'll laugh you out of the fucking clinic, mate. Yeah. It, like, you have to. It's, it's the minimum requirement. And I'm not talking about that 75 quid one I got on Black Friday that time. That's out the door now. I'm back to a normal Oral B, right? Right. Because you know... What happened I'm, with that one, then? How come that's out the door? To be honest, I just lost patience with it. It was like... Too much... Too much... Well, connectivity, Wi-Fi, well, apps and all that yeah, sort of Yeah, too thing. much. Not universal um, heads. So you had to get right. them specific to that brush and they were expensive. Oh, yeah. They were either prohibitively expensive or you had to get knockoff ones from China that took a month to arrive. Oh, good. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, and obviously it had caused a riff in my family. You, remember, mm. you may remember that my... My wife and daughter had both listened carefully to me cleaning my teeth to establish that I had not that I'd only been using two of the advertised twelve settings. Yeah, which had humiliated me, right? Because yeah. when they're going, why do you spend all that money on toothbrush? I said it's got twelve settings. They go, you only use two. I said, how do you fucking well, know? And they said, because we listen. Yeah, what do you do? Use a different one each day for nearly a fortnight. Depends on your depends on your requirements. Depends on your requirements. Like, so sometimes you go for it, like, sometimes you're in a hurry, so you just do your basic two minute clean. But maybe yeah. once a week you do your deep clean. Or maybe, maybe if you've been to the hygienist where I go a lot because I've got gum problems, right? They go, you really need, your gums are really actually quite bad at the moment. And so there was a gum clean setting that got under the gum right. line. Wow. But now I'm just back on the oral B. But I mean, you know, I do have a lot of problems with. Not so much my teeth, but mainly with my gums. And, you know, I have to fucking... Do you know what I do now? I clean them. I floss them with interdental brushes. It takes fucking ages. But if I don't do it, it just ends up costing me money because they start to bleed and I have to go to the the hygienist mall. And then on top of that, I've got one of these... um, It's also Oral-B. And it's like a... I don't know what you actually call it, but I, I refer to it as my power pump. And it basically is like a water flosser. And you is this the water pick? Yeah, it's the water pick. And you go, you can choose a setting of either one pump, two pumps, or three pumps. Guess Ooh, what set? pump pirate. Guess what setting I have it on 100% of the time? All the pumps. Three pumps, of course. Why? Pumps, Who the yeah. fuck uses the one or two pump setting? <laughs> like, what? Are you mental? <laughs> Do you think that it's the fucking wartime and we're trying to ration pumps? Right. So I fill it up with uh, a bit of what you call it mouthwash, and then mm. you you press you hold it between the teeth 
and it goes dish, 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 dish. like it's, it's very powerful dish, dish, dish. and it's art uh, you've already done the intercental brushing and you've already brushed your teeth and then you do that after that your fucking teeth and gums are clean as a whistle but it's a massive pain in the ass mate I'm looking at it. I'm looking on the Waterpick website, and mm. you know what it says right what? on the front, which I would kind of expect it to say. Mm. Did you know brushing alone is not enough? Yeah, well, it's well, probably okay. One of these. So it's up to you. <laughs> but you should probably get one of these 60 quid things. 60 quid? I can't remember how much mine was. I've had it for a few years, but it is not. My hygienist says they're not good enough. You have to use the incidental brushes that's what's important right but i just use them as an extra flourish to you know yeah. it's just being really extra cautious but yeah, it could be mate, psychological as much as anything else you might not have it feels your mouth feels alive and invigorated afterwards mate it feels amazing mm. um it feels like you're on ecstasy wow yeah and uh, well, that but, sounds, uh but this guy he's got to get an electric toothbrush the only time I use a manual <laughs> is if I'm going away somewhere just with hand luggage for a night or two yeah, like same. when I went to Seville yeah. and Frankfurt for the football I took a manual because I'm like I can't yeah. well, I don't want it going off in my bag yeah. and everyone thinks I've got a dildo you know you go, you're going yeah. through thing and it's like everyone thinks I've got a dildo for my bum because mm. they hear in your bag <laughs> not a dildo it's a toothbrush <laughs> Oh, you should be proud of it. You should say, yeah, it is. What of it? Yeah, that's right. What's it got it's to a, do with you? That's right. It's an arse dildo because I know yeah. how to enjoy life. <laughs> Unlike you fucking squares. Ever tried it? Ever tried yeah. it? Yeah, I thought not. Well, don't fucking knock it till you have cunts. <laughs> you want to get right one of them water picks as well? Right. Stick that up your ass. That's fun right, as well. Right. Especially, you, especially you, mate, you uptight bastard. Might do you a favour. Might put a smile on your face for once. <laughs> What do you think your bum holds for? It's not just for evacuation, <laughs> you wanker. Things go in as well as out, you know. <laughs> so we say to Stephen Wilson to get out of the dark ages. Yeah, and, get yourself uh, an electric get, toothbrush and maybe uh, and maybe whack it up your ass once in a while. <laughs> you too. Don't no, fucking mix the up. No, you just need one. Just change the head. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, that's all you need to do. Yeah, no Change problem. the bit that's going in your gob. Actually, that expensive toothbrush I had, that was one of the settings. Arse setting. <laughs> Arse play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, just briefly end with not a logistic query, but a recommendation. Andrew Sheech says, uh, in a recent episode, Andy, you mentioned getting coke for your daughter hangover cure. Mm. Uh, yeah, I bought eight cans of full fat coke. Keep under the under the sink for it use as a uh, hangover cure he says I once got recommended mixing iron brew with fresh orange as being the ultimate cure he doesn't say he's tried it he just says he got recommended it once but that sounds really good you've got the vitamin C element of the fresh orange which mm. helps and you've also got iron brew which is loaded with sugar yeah that sounds good um, I'm just uh, my instinct on that is that's good I'll try that I think and break a raw <laughs> egg into it as well Bring a raw egg into it, or have a raw egg in a cup on the side. Yeah, yeah Rocky style. Um, that can't hurt. Mix it in, whatever. Raw egg always seems to work. Yeah. Or it seems to be the thing that feels like it works. Yeah. I haven't had hangover for so long. Maybe I don't do hangovers anymore. I don't get drunk enough for hangovers. 
Yeah. That's just something that just fades from your life. I know mean, you're sober and everything. Power, but power drinking, yeah. You just have a nice, yeah. a nice little drink. You don't need nice to go mad, drink. yeah. Yeah. That's like my mum always used to say, no one can be that thirsty, son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's the life logistics. We'll be back with the history box next time once we've come up with something to do. Um, and keep your logistics coming in sporadically and we'll try and uh, answer some uh, in other uh, avenues. Thank you very much then and all of that. And yes, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.